Now, I came across this list of lessons that fathers, most fathers, have taught their children from early. Number one, when negotiating, never be the one to make the first offer. Two, never shake a man's hand sitting down. Three, when entrusted with a secret, keep it. Four, return a borrowed car with a full tank of gas. <laughs> Tell that to our kids, right? <laughs> Five, if you need music on the beach, you're missing the point. I really like that. Don't need music when you're on the beach to have a good time. Number six, always carry two handkerchiefs. The one in your back pocket is for you. The one on your breast pocket is for her. I like that. Number seven, never be afraid to ask out the best-looking girl in the room. That's what I did. <laughs> Number eight, after writing an angry email, read it carefully and then delete it. Number nine, in all things, lead by example, not by explanation. Number 10, dress how you want to be addressed. Now, in our text this morning, we're going to have the opportunity to sit in on a class that a father is having with his son, in which he is teaching him some very important life lessons. Now, these are lessons, I think, that our Heavenly Father also wants to teach us as his children, as his sons and daughters. And these are lessons that we might also teach our sons and our daughters. So let's turn to Proverbs chapter 1. I will read verses 1, I'm sorry, verses 8 through 15. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 8 through 15. Hear, my son, your father's instructions, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait for blood, let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole. Like those who go down to the pit, we shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot among us. We will all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths. So here's lesson number one. An attentive heart will keep you from irreparable damage. An attentive heart will keep you from irreparable damage. Now more than 50 times throughout the Bible, you will find this recurring command. Pay attention. Give attention, pay close attention, pay careful attention, be on your guard, or something to that effect. Sometimes it is God commanding his people to pay attention to what he's saying to them through the mouths of his prophets. Sometimes it is a prophet reminding God's people to pay attention to what God has already said through them. Sometimes it is God 
It is God's people, I'm sorry, not paying attention to what God has already said. Sometimes it is a person crying out to God to pay attention to the prayers that they're making. Sometimes it is a needy person paying attention to someone else from whom they expect to receive something. Sometimes it is an apostle, like Paul, cautioning a pastor to pay close attention to themselves and to the congregation that God has entrusted them to lead. Sometimes it is a pastor cautioning his congregation to pay attention to themselves lest they slow drift away from God as a ship drifts from its harbor. But at all times, at all times, it means listen, take heed, be careful or watchful, either because there is some danger that you should avoid or something important that you should not miss. I'm sure that you will agree with me that one of the hardest things for boys to do is to sit still for two minutes and listen. <laughs> All right? That is true, but boys are restless. Boys are restless and they are easily distracted. But wouldn't you agree that what is true of boys is also true of sheep, God's sheep? We as God's people. We tend to be restless. We tend to be distracted by so many things that paying attention is still appropriate for all of us, but especially in this age of social media. Would you take a look at this video? video Get clip, ready to feel say. a little guilty for laughing on this one. Here is our latest and greatest evidence that no one should attempt to walk and text at the same time. Now, this girl right here, she's walking, she's texting, and goes, whoop, straight into the fountain. Oh. It, it all went down recently at a mall in Pennsylvania. The best part might just be her reaction. Just get up and walk <laughs> away and hope no one saw it. No worry, don't worry, no one did see it, except thankfully for the surveillance camera. And there's an iPhone app that does let you see in front of you through your camera as you text. So if you're really going to walk and text, try, try that app. We've all had some mishap happen while texting, haven't we? This is true. <laughs> all right. Paying attention is so important, especially, especially in this day and age. Now, the father in our text this morning is instructing his son to pay attention to his and his mother's teachings. Now, what kind of a home, let me engage you for a little bit, what kind of a home would you have if your father and mother taught contradictory things? I mean, if your father taught this and your mother is teaching something else and they're contradicting each other, what kind of home would you end up with? You would have a divided home. And Jesus clearly taught us that a house that is divided against itself, it cannot stand, it will fall. And so in our text, we find that sons and daughters, as a matter of fact, they need a father and a, mo and a mother who are on the same page teaching the same thing, providing the same instruction, setting the same limits, and administering the same discipline. They need a father who provides leadership, 
and a mother who reinforces his leadership so that their home can be built on a firm foundation with healthy boundaries and a safe environment. So fathers and mothers, husbands and wives, let's make sure that we're all on the same page as it relates to our sons and our daughters. This father says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. So both were on the same page. Now this father wants his son to know that having an attentive heart is extremely important, extremely important. An attentive heart is one that not only listens to instructions, but is careful not to drift from these instructions. Paying attention is what will keep you as a son or daughter from straying from God's fold, from drifting into very dangerous territory, from falling into sinful behavior. The psalmist David says this in Psalm 119 and verse 9. It's a question, actually. It's a question that he wants you to answer, although he answers it himself. But it says, how will a young man, or woman for that matter, keep their way pure or straight? By guarding it according to God's word. And so if a son or daughter will remain pure and walk a straight line, they must pay attention while walking. And they must ensure that their walk matches closely with God's word. I'm told that a woman uh, noticed a few bees buzzing around her attic one day, but she made no effort whatsoever to deal with them. Now that whole summer, the bees continued to fly in and out of the attic, but she couldn't care less. She didn't pay any attention to that at all. Until the ceiling of the second floor bedroom began to cave in under the weight of hundreds of pounds of honey. While she did manage to escape any serious injury from the bees, she was unable to repair the damage that was caused by her neglect. I think that failing to pay attention can be very much like that. Before a son or daughter knows it, things begin to creep into their life and cause them irreparable damage in the long run. So every son, every daughter on the hearing of my voice this morning needs to pay careful attention. Lesson number two. When you are enticed, stand your ground. This is what this father says to his son. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Now I'm sure that you realize that it's not a question of if, but when you are enticed. It is only a matter of time before you are enticed or tempted or lured away from the right path that God would have you to walk on. And so this father wants to say to his son or daughter, when you are enticed to join bad company, to attack the innocent, when you are enticed to engage in bloodshed, when you're enticed to rob the neighbor or the company, when you're enticed to engage in promiscuity, 
drinking, drugging, or vaping, when you're enticed to abort the child that is in your womb, when you're enticed to transition to a different gender, when you're enticed to turn your A15s upon schools, churches, malls, and innocent people, when you're enticed to turn your back on the God who made you, when sinners entice you to join their company, do not consent with them. Do not join them in doing evil. Do not consent. Do not go with them. Hold back your feet from their paths. I believe there are four specific paths that this uh, father wants his son to hold back his foot from. They're all in chapter 1 of Proverbs chapter, uh, yes, Proverbs, I'm sorry, Proverbs chapter 1. They're all in Proverbs chapter 1. Here's the first path, the path of the foolish. Those who defy and ignore the counsel of God, the word of God, they are referred to as being foolish. Here's what he says. Because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof or my discipline, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. And so foolish people call wrong right and right wrong. Foolish people think God doesn't exist. Creation didn't happen. Heaven and hell aren't real. And their bodies are their right to do with whatever they would deem to do with it. This father is telling his son or daughter, draw the line in the sand, draw a line in the sand and hold back your foot from crossing that line to join those whom the Bible calls foolish. Secondly, avoid the path of criminality. Those who would victimize the innocent. Here's what the father says. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot among us. We will have one purse. If they say all that to you, my son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths. And so this father wants his son to avoid the path that leads to violence, to bloodshed, to robbery. No son of daughter or mine, he says, should be like that. Every son or daughter of mine will hold their foot back from the paths of evil because, you see, I have no greater joy than to hear or to know that my children, my son or daughter, they are walking in the truth. Here's the third path that this father wants his son to avoid, the path of the forbidden woman. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 24 to 28. To preserve you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress, do not desire her beauty in your heart and do not let her capture you with her eyelashes. For the price of a prostitute is only a loaf of bread, but a married woman hunts down a precious life. Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? Or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? 
And so the forbidden woman is any woman that you are not allowed to have. She either already belongs to someone else or has disqualified herself because of her lifestyle. One is an adulteress because although married, she has set her sights on you and she is intent in, on seducing you into a sexual relationship. Now I know that I'm speaking to people in the church. That does not mean that adulteresses don't have their eyes on you, young men and young women, and even older men and older women as well, because our culture has changed so drastically. That is why this father is saying to his son, pay attention. The culture has changed. Pay attention. So one is an adulteress, because although she's already married and you are not entitled to her, she has her eyes set on you and she is intent on seducing you into a sexual relationship. Now this father has a lot to say about this woman. He says that she waits until her husband has gone away on a long trip and then she dresses herself provocatively and she walks the street intent on tempting and seducing those who are simple. Those who have not learned to discipline their appetites and their emotions and their desires. The other woman is a prostitute who will sell her body to you for a price. And so this father says, says to his son, no matter how beautiful or sexy the forbidden woman appears to be with her makeup and her lingerie, she will reduce you to where you cannot even afford to buy a piece of bread. That is how drastic this is. She will burn you like a fire held to your chest will burn your clothes or like hot coals that you step on will burn your feet. So this father says to his, to his son, draw, the line in the, draw a line in the sand and hold your foot back from the forbidden woman. The fourth path that this father wants his son to avoid is the path of the greedy. Those who are greedy for unjust gain end up losing their lives. Those who are just going after the almighty dollar and who are covetous of what others have not knowing how they got it, they always end up losing their lives in the process, he says. It says, such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. And so this father says to his son and to his daughter, when sinners entice you into the path of the foolish, the violent, the promiscuous, or the greedy, do not consent. Hold back your foot from their pads because their pads will lead to damage that will never be able to be repaired. Stand your ground. Draw a line in the sand and refuse to cross it. Restrain your feet from stepping over the line. I'm told that a little boy crossed the line on a hot summer day in South Florida. Running out of the back door, he darted straight for the pool that was behind the house, not realizing 
that an alligator was swimming toward the shore as he was swimming toward the middle of that lake. His mother was in the house and she looked through the window and she saw everything that was going on. And so dashing through the house, she began to yell and yell for his name, yell his name. Little boy hearing his mother made a U-turn, but it was too late. Just as he reached his mother, the alligator reached him. His mother grabbed him by the arms from the dock just as the alligator snatched his legs. And so an incredible tug of war ensued between the mother and the alligator. The alligator was much too strong for the mother, but she was too passionate to let go of her son. A farmer who happened to be driving by heard the screams, raced from his truck, took aim, and shot the alligator. Remarkably, after weeks in the hospital, this little boy recovered. But his legs were extremely scarred by the alligator's vicious attacks. And on his arms were deep scars left there by the nails of his mother as she grabbed onto him and would never let go. Later, I'm told that the newspaper reporter came to interview the boy about his recovery and asked if the boy would show him uh, his scars, which the boy was only too proud to do. He rolled up his pants legs and showed him uh, his scars. But then he said, take a look at my arms. I have great scars on my arms too. I have them because my mom wouldn't let go. When you are enticed, stand your ground rather than cross the line, because you will save yourself some painful scars. Here's lesson number three. Wisdom pleads, attend to what I have to say. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks how long, O oh simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. So scripture defines wisdom as the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Wisdom is having a healthy respect for God's greatness, and for God's holiness. Wisdom is like a voice that is crying out in the streets where people walk to and fro, in the marketplace where people gather for work, shop, and do business, at the head of every street where people contemplate which direction they ought to go in, at the entrance of the gates of the city where people stop to declare their purpose before they are allowed to enter, Wisdom is crying out at the top of her voice, pay attention, fear God, turn away from folly, turn away from scoffing, turn away from simplicity, turn away from ignorance, give yourself completely to the fear of God. Let him put his spirit in you and let him move you to follow his ways and to obey his words. So this father is saying to his son or daughter, my son, my daughter, when sinners entice you, do not go with them. 
But when wisdom cries out to you, pay attention. Turn and give yourself fully to it. Bottom line of our message this morning is your heavenly father lovingly pleads with you to pay attention. This is not addressed only now to young sons or daughters, but to all of us who are God's sons and daughters. When your heavenly father pleads with you to pay attention, listen. I wonder if I'm speaking to anybody this morning who may be on a certain path, maybe a path that leads to folly and regret. And your heavenly father is saying, my son, my daughter, stop. Pay attention. Three points in closing. Have the respect to listen. Have the respect to listen. Pay attention. Your heavenly father is speaking to you. He has instructed you through his word. Read it. Week after week, he speaks to you through his spoken word. Listen to it. Mull over it. Don't just forget it. Listen to it. He continues to reveal himself to you through nature. Observe. He speaks to you through signs. Pay attention. What he wants is your heart. Your heart. Give it to him. Secondly, have the courage to refuse. If sinners entice you to walk the path of the foolish, the violent, the promiscuous, and the greedy, refuse to go with them. The devil will use them to tempt you to sin against God and to sin against your body. Resist him. You know what the devil's intention is? The same as it was for Peter. He wants to sift you and he wants to sift me as wheat. When you are sifted, all that is left is the chaff. We must do everything in our power to stand our ground, including letting Jesus pray for us so that our faith will not fail. Have the courage to refuse. The Apostle Paul says, and having done all, stand. Thirdly and finally, have the good sense to respond. Whenever wisdom raises her voice and cries out, respond by giving yourself to the fear of the Lord. Rather than becoming more deeply entrenched in what you want to do, give in to the fear of the Lord. Respond by giving yourself to the ways of the Lord. He is anxious to reveal his ways and his words to you. Respond by receiving the Spirit of God. Because the Bible tells us it is by the Spirit of God that we overcome. The anointing that he places on our lives that helps us to overcome. So respond to God's ways. Respond to God's words. Let me ask you, what will your response be today? Ponder that as we pray. Lord, ever so often, you speak to us in ways that are direct, but yet appropriate. 
God, this message may not apply to all of us, but it may apply to some of us. There are some things that you have said here today, Lord, that might apply to all of us. And there are some things, Lord, that might apply to specific persons. Only your spirit can reveal to us what it is that you want us to know. God, I pray that whatever it is that you want us to take away from this message, that we will take it away, that we will reflect upon it, that we would listen when we are in the quiet, and that we would respond. I pray, God, for fathers today, that you would increase our influence on our children, even our adult children. I pray for sons and daughters here this morning, especially young adult sons and daughters. God, we know that the devil's purpose for them is to sift them as wheat. But we ask, God, that you would enable each one to stand their ground, to resist temptation, to hold fast to you, to be faithful to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.